Before we begin today's podcast, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Daniel and Cara Lighting, Greg Whalen, Kelby Goodman, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Andy Herbrand, Eric Sari, Lauren L., Rock the Green, and Hanson Screen Printing. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on here at this little pod. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We, of course, are your hosts as always. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are discussing the man behind Mercury Motors, Elmer, Carl, Kikifer, and uh, we also have great Wisconsin music from Citizen King. Legends in our state. I mean... Early two I mean, thousand, yeah, early like late nineties, early two thousands. One hit wonder could be considered. Uh, I thought a lot of their stuff was great. I worked with uh, one of the guys in the band, the DJ, uh, and he's also. I hate to break it to you, the DJ for Lambeau Field still oh, to yeah, this day, brother. So when you're at the game, you can hear him spinning records throughout the entire thing. Uh, but uh, Citizen King, man, such a great band. Heck We're yeah. going to get into that a little bit later. And, um, of course, we have another beer review. Why wouldn't we? That's what we do here. For crying out loud, man, it's what we are known for. And also, the infamous, how many logos you had? Woo! Um, so we're going to get into another article of a crazy OWI, DUI kind of situation here. That's going to be later in the show. If you haven't already, please go review our show rate review like subscribe that kind of shit you know everybody says it all the podcasts you listen to they urge you to do that kind of stuff the reason why we do it is because it will put us into a different version of the algorithm and we uh, really don't want to feature like those stupid freaking ads you hear I, yeah i don't want like, i don't want to tell you about casper or, mattresses or yeah chewy blue and, apron we're, we're kind of done with that like we don't want to do that right so you guys can help us out a lot we by could, doing that we could do that uh, but if you put us in a different algorithm, we might get some more listens and uh, the show will be suggested to another person that uh, has never heard of us before. So you do that. It's the biggest free way that you can do uh, any sort of thing. As far as, far as um, free stuff goes, there's another one you can do. Just suggest it to a friend. If you're enjoying the show, uh, please just tell somebody about it and uh, and tell them where they can find us. If they just even search Wisconsin Drunken History right on Google they'll find it. I mean, it's literally, we've gotten our SEO so damn good at this point that the whole first page is us. I mean, it's literally not only our website, not only our YouTube, which we don't update anymore. So don't listen to all of them on there. Um, but also our Spotify comes up, our Apple comes up, um, a bunch of different stuff pot. I mean, things that we don't even know about Russ. I mean, it's, it's crazy places that we don't necessarily update our stuff to. It shows up there. It's crazy. So, uh, also, if you could go to WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. That's our website. Mm-hmm. 
And you can find great links to our Patreon, which is where you can actually take money out of your wallet and give us that money in order to support us uh, and in order to keep this thing going. Okay. We have 10 supporters already at the top of the show that we have already highlighted. And that could be you. One of those could be you. And we do have special content that does come out. We don't do a lot, um, but we have another uh, uh, box of awesome beers coming up for the advent calendar. Trust me, we're going to be doing that again. Heck yeah, you better believe um, it. And that was 25 straight days of content in Patreon that nobody else has seen, except for those eight or nine people that were there at the time. And now, <laughs> yeah, for sure. and now uh, Daniel and, and Kara get a chance to see those, because those and were Greg there. Greg as well. Greg and Greg too. And Greg, up, yeah. Greg just as well, yeah. So those are uh, great. Plus, on our website, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com, you can find our Tee Public site, where we have all of our merch. You can get underwear, dude. You can get underwear, I think, maybe. I don't know what there really is, but I'm just... There might be a Speedo with a WDH thing right across your hog, (laughs) which might be pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. An old-fashioned hog. Yeah. Um, But also just T-shirts and sweatshirts. uh, Hey, it's getting cold outside. Let me tell you. It's hoodie season. Get a fucking hoodie. Don't let your girlfriend steal it. No. Well, actually, get two. Yeah, And then she can steal one from you. And then uh, then there we are. Um, So enough from that. Enough blabbering. Enough of that stupid shit. We're done with that. And uh, we're just going to jump into the episode about Carl Kikifer and uh, Merck Motors. Mercury Motors, uh, the the great boat motors that you've heard of and seen uh, on the open waters. So it's kind of depressing me a little bit. As a Hansen myself, my mother's side is a Norwegian Hansen. It all starts with the Outboard Motors Company, which was named Thorwald Hansen, who was the original owner of the company. The name Hansen, most likely Norwegian, and name, like I said, and the name Thorwald, obviously, is the most Norwegian name you could probably come up with. He named the company after the God of Thunder from Norse mythology. Thor. The name... Is it Thor? Yeah. It's not Chris Hemsworth here. We're talking oh, about like, the yeah. original Thor, like from Norse mythology. Crims Hemsworth. Crims Jams... Where? Chaz. Chaz Hensworth. The name did not really do much for the company as the engines were poorly designed and would not live up to the sick name that they were dubbed. On February 8th of 1939, two weeks after the company would completely go bankrupt, in walks Kikifer, right? And he like... And he comes in with a fucking... I mean, stiff, rock hard chest. He was, he was hair like, everywhere. He was already a hardcore businessman, right? When a, he came a, into this a area, a beast so, of a guy. And we're gonna learn a little more. So let's go into it. So born on June fourth of nineteen oh six in Macquan, Wisconsin. In Wisconsin fashion, he had a family farm, like most Wisconsin. Everybody had a family farm. He attended yeah. school at Cedarburg High School and went to MSOE for just one year. He also took classes at the UW to prepare, prepare him for his career in electrical engineering. Yep. He, for, he first began his career as a draftman for the Nash Motor Company in Milwaukee, yeah, Nash which we will a, talk about. We will do an, an episode on Nash. He was not a huge fan of just being a blueprint maker and was more curious about the development and the actual inner workings of the machine rather than just drawing the pieces of the machine. Right. So, you know, we're talking about early, earliest days of internal combustion engines uh and and how these things work um and and one of the biggest things that you'll notice in this episode that we talk about not only the internal combustion engine but also uh kind of what happens with the water that is used to kind of cool these things while they run um and and uh um 
Kikifer has has a lot to do with a lot of this really cool uh, technology. And some we talked about before, Ali Evanrude. So in 1927, Evanrude, yeah. he actually worked as a draftman by the Evanrude's Motor Company before he was fired after just three weeks of employment. The the quote from the company was he was a frequent. Uh, disquieting and brazenly insubordinate arguments concerning designs and product development because he had his own ideas of how to make it better. Right. And, it, and, and, and also if I could really quick, and I know that this will probably be talked about here in two seconds. Uh, Evan Rude motor company does not exist anymore. They do not. They Mercury went bankrupt. Mercury still does. Mercury still does. And it's huge. So let's talk about that. <laughs> you, you know, what's crazy though, is he worked for, uh, Evan Rude and like yeah. today, like now, because of some of these reasons, especially because of Kikoffer himself, they actually have a clause you have to sign when you work for a company that you're not going to take this data and start your own company because you right. have all this knowledge. Right. And I think it's like up to like... A non-competing clause. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember how long it lasts, like five years or something like that, because um, your knowledge kind of drops off at that point. I think of, of of relevant knowledge, it's five years. Yeah. I'm pretty sure something like that. It is. I think it's relevant knowledge will drop off after five years. So therefore the non-compete goes for about five years. So after that, he actually worked to uh, work on Stern Magnetic, where he worked 11 years developing magnetic separators in the area of the dairy industry before purchasing the Thor Outboard Motor Company and start Mercury Marine. Original Carl and his team took the original designs of the Thor Motor Company, rebuilt and made them better. The location of the plant in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, was not far from his family farm. As the company had roughly 300 defective motors sitting there, he would actually go on to sell these to the uh, Montgomery Ward catalog, where he was actually able to kind of redo these crappy engines, obviously by the Thor company, and make yeah. them better. In the brochure, he described them as a motor heavy enough to drive your boat regardless of wind, weeds, waves, and weight. As orders kept coming in, he removed the Thor name and instead named the line of motors. He named them the Thor line of motors from yeah. the Kiekhofer company, in, um, which was kind of his own brand. He wanted to branch off from Thor to produce the same engines at a better, more reliable features, right. like better constructed. So he essentially took the name from Thor and then rebranded these these As a particular Thor mortars. Line yeah, and, and then it. said Kiekhofer uh, Corporation. Exactly. Yeah. And during the 1940s, he designed newer motors, much better designed, and named the Motor Mercury Company after the Roman god, who is known for financial gains, commerce, eloquence, communication, merchants, and sometimes thievery. He took more than 16,000 orders for his engine at the 1940s New York boat, boat Show. Which is huge. I mean, I don't know if you know, but 16,000 motors, um, I don't know how many they can produce at this time. Um but uh, that's a huge order. Uh, uh, at this at this particular time in manufacturing history, 1940s, um, you're not rolling off hundreds of thousands of motors a day. You're not, you know, rolling off thousands of motors a day. You might be rolling off a dozen right. or so motors a They're day. They're hand built at this. Point. They're hand built at this point. Um, each thing is is being hand tightened or hand installed. Uh, at all points. So uh, this is basically a point-to-point -point wired uh, and, and handcrafted motor. So during World War II, the Kikifer company or corporation manufactured small two-cylinder drone engines that were used into for to target aircraft. Since there were no computer simulators at the time, actual small aircrafts were used as a target practice to teach the anti-aircraft gunners how to shoot down the planes. 
These small two-stroke engines were perfect for this role. Kikafer and also sought government contract to design a two-man air-cooled chainsaws. And army engineers had been unable to design a lightweight chainsaw that was able to cut through a 24-inch green log in 17 sure. seconds. While it took the nearest competition 52 seconds, Mercury was awarded the contract and actually at this time gained the world's largest chainsaw manufacturer by the end of the war, which is yeah. nuts. Which is crazy because you're thinking about a 24-inch bar. Um, right. It's that's huge. a big bar. That's it's a big bar. Big, that's a big engine, a big um, bar, a lot of torque. I mean, Russ, you and I have cut down trees Oh yeah, hundreds of times. Uh, once on your on your property in Janesville, which is tough because that's residential. Uh, you've got houses and fences and stuff that you got to watch out for. Uh, my house in, uh, in in Muskego, we we cut down a couple trees. Um, those are very difficult to do. And when you talk about the 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 actual chainsaw itself, um, that bar of twenty four inch, uh, they're they're asking to cut through a twenty four inch green log. Green log meaning. It's live, meaning it's uh, it's thick, it's heavy, it's uh, There's it's some live. Water, liquid juice, in those water, suckers. liquid juice in that thing. Um, not a dead brown log. We're talking about a thick, uh, very live log at twenty four inch bar. Um, so that bar is probably more than twenty four inch. That chain needs to be uh, uh, basically as sharp as it can be. But then also that motor, in order to not overheat, needs to be cooled somehow and so they're talking about um basically liquid cooling um uh an engine that's going to be cutting through something that is uh that is very thick and very heavy very dense dense is probably the best word to say at this point um so we're talking about an incredibly difficult thing here in uh, uh the 1940s world war ii time so after the war, obviously, we have, like, the mom and pop, kind of your standard, like, suburban living going on here. So people have money to spend after the war, right? Like, the families that did come home. The 1950s were a time of growth, and they were actually growthies for Mercury Motors as well. And the Kikifer allegedly received dozens of murders and a- mergers and acquisitions from larger companies. He was, But he was actually dedicated and really possessive of his company and that he built, and he did not want any of the mergers at this time. Yeah, yeah. And he historically resisted eventually. And uh, near the decade's end, Kikoffer resolve began to crumble from the continuous wave of prosperous partners. So he's kind of looking for the, like, who wanted this? Like, who has the money that he'd be willing to sell? He didn't really right. want to sell, but who has that money that would be willing to do this? The amount, the amount of, of prospective clients to purchase his company, to merge companies, was growing and and he really narrowed it down to the 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 biggest and the best those the, you know there was a huge wave of individuals that wanted to uh acquire or merge or purchase uh and he basically said i i have to take a chance here and and narrow my my scope and i have to find the best the biggest and the best the ones that aren't just going to take this thing and then run it into the ground but somebody who's going to take, you know, my insights uh, and move forward with it, you know. So in this time period, let's talk about the who's who of the American business at the time. They're including Borg Warner. We're talking Motorola, Brunswick, American Manufacturing Foundry, or the AMF, AMF yeah. yeah, which you understand. The Chrysler Corporation saw proposals eventually flowed from AMF, Chrysler, and Brunswick Corporation. 
eventually Brunswick became the front runner. Yeah. Not just not just monetarily, but because the Brunswick the the president at the time, Ted Bessinger, seemed so determined to buy Mercury and was willing to structure a deal that provided Kikahoffer the latitude and running of the company. So he gave him a little bit of say of what was going on. I was just gonna say, so the biggest thing that that, that I had said before was uh, insight, uh, somebody that that's going to allow, um, y- you know, Kika for the the ability to uh, still uh, not necessarily run the company, but have still say. have some insight and some say, and especially when it comes to um, that technology, you know, and hey, you're something sitting back and collecting a check. Like, what is wrong with that? You know well, what I mean? As an engineer, what is wrong? With and that? honestly, at the time, I bet you the the. The, the company to sell to would would have probably been Motorola, um, not not Chrysler, not uh, AMF, not Brunswick, but but Motorola at the time was probably huge. They uh, were huge. Uh, In the selling 50s. selling a lot of uh, and their you know their biggest offices are out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, so the flip not phone now. was developed. The flip phone was developed right there in Chicago. That one that was like early, like late two thousand, mid two yeah. thousands. Like my hot. my grandma and and. Uh, um, and some of her aunts and stuff all worked at the the Motorola area there in I think Harvard, Illinois. Um, uh, and definitely, you know, like I said, the factory uh, was huge. I, I'm telling you, if you ever get a chance to to drive through like Harvard uh, and um, there's another the city name in, in Illinois that I'm not that's not coming to me right now, but uh, Motorola has a gigantic compound there, um, just massive. And it's uh, a true testament that that uh, uh, Kikifer didn't didn't give in to just anyone to offer you know the the ability to merge. He he went with the one that was going to give him his way, the one that was going to you know bend to his demands about being still part of the company and and still have day to day operational stuff. In August 1st of 1961, Mercury actually became a division of the Brunswick Corporation. The relationship between Kikahoffer and uh, Brunswick actually proved a little bit contentious, and the Mercury founder eventually resigned and founded a new company, Kikahoffer Aeromarine. Followed Kikahoffer's death on October 5th of 1983, where he actually died in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. His son Fred would actually go on to purchase the Aeromarine and later sold it in the 1990 to the Brunswick Corporation. So he kind of wanted everything under one umbrella, basically. Like he wanted to take all those companies and still have them owned by one company. But obviously today, Mercury Marine actually remains one of the most powerful entities of the Brunswick Corporation. And if you look at a lot of boats, you're going to see the Mercury engine. Uh, And the majority of boats. It's literally like one of the biggest options as far as it goes uh, with American made motors. Uh, some of the, some of the other ones are all, uh, made by Kawasaki. Um, I mean, there's, there's just a handful of, of Marine motors that, uh, that you see on the back of these, uh, these, these newer boats. And, and, and some of the, the biggest ones, like I said, are not made, uh, in the United States of America. Merck is still, and besides of all of this, he actually has over 200 patents to his name and is highly involved with NASCAR racing. He had Mercury cars driven by various racers over the time periods, and this car has had two championships and 52 race victories, including 16 straight wins in a row. 
And he's just another amazing inventor and uh, businessman within Wisconsin. I mean, like, how awesome is it? Like, we have so many innovators in the in like the combustion engine in yeah. Wisconsin. I mean, just unreal. I think we were always just searching for the way to go faster uh, and longer as far as it went. Uh, you know, with a with a motorized vehicle, uh, whether that be. Uh, marine or road or or anything uh uh, two wheels with with uh, motorcycles and that kind of stuff um the thing that that really surprises me the most is that you got a guy who even though he sold a a company to brunswick he, he developed that relationship he sold and then he said i don't know man i'm still not happy with what i got here and i'm 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 gonna go with uh, another company called Kikafer Aero Marine. I'm still going to try to innovate. I'm still sure. going to try to move forward. And that that's wild to me because you got a guy who could have just sat back and had a paycheck all the time and and be done. And and we saw, you know, with Ali Evanrud, uh, Ali Evanrud's company, you know, was sold and uh, Bombardier, he probably did. Totally Bombardier tanked it. totally tanked it. And, and, uh, by uh, 2020, Bombardier done, you right, know, uh, exactly. with 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 Evinrude Motors. I mean, they still got the Ski Do, but that's yeah. not much. Bombardier of a, is great. They have jet the company, engines, but it's not Evinrude. Well, they also still have you know their other four wheelers and stuff and snowmobiles, and snowmobiles. But uh, as far as uh, Evinrude, I mean, they tank the fucking company. It's done. Uh, no more aero uh, or no more marine engines. Um, you got Merck, which, you know, with inboards, you got Merck Cruiser, still widely produced. You got outboards, uh, Mercury, still huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see them in every single option, man. Like, whether it be a pontoon or a fucking uh, a, a deck boat or a speed boat, you know, uh, of course, always fishing boats. Those are always the the motor you see most, man. Merck is is the guy. For sure. Yeah. And just another, you know, when you got a long winter here in Wisconsin, it leaves you that time to kind of develop these most super intriguing, super amazing things. And just another inventor and an engineer from our state that we had to highlight. All right. So on to our music segment here. Wisconsin music, of course, we have to feature this band citizen king yes citizen king was uh let's just say a one hit wonder i mean you're probably gonna recognize this track right it's probably their number you one will. hit 100 percent. you will you will recognize this song this was top 40 radio 100 percent in the uh early 2000s um and, and this song was massive uh there was a radio uh wave that just fucking hit there was a music video on mtv every you know 20 minutes and the coolest part about the whole fucking thing is that we're talking about milwaukee wisconsin we're talking about i know it's huge right here right here in the home in the heartland milwaukee wisconsin and uh one of those uh individuals one of the members of this band is, is a D- dj named malcolm uh, malcolm was a, a, a is or was i don't really remember now but uh i worked with him at the apple store at bayshore and uh this guy was uh, phenomenal, uh, smartest guy I knew as far as music goes, and just knew his shit. I mean, we recorded uh, a few tracks together as far as uh, uh, just test shit that goes at Apple, and and uh, he really taught me the ropes when it comes to logic, and and 
I don't know if you know this now, but Russ and I are actively using Logic at as we minute, record right now. As we're recording, I've got Logic coming through a sound Pro board. working right now, and I've got my deck, my my board uh, over here with my faders. Russ doesn't have anything to do with this. This is me. This is me rocking while we're going. Uh, Russ knows his shit as far as Logic goes because we've recorded music together. Oh yeah. I mean, it's amazing, uh, and this kind of stuff is really cool to me because that 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 ultimately means that this stuff could have been recorded on something like Logic on a on a on a laptop, you know, back in the early two thousands, back when you know Apple was really making their way into uh, both photography and filmography and uh, music too. And uh, this band, Citizen King, uh, is very near and dear to my heart, very near and dear to Russ's heart. We love this band. We have gone and seen them every single time they make their way oh, into yeah. the area. This was early, early stuff. And uh, the other thing you might not know about Malcolm is that he's the DJ at Lambeau Field. Pretty cool. Anytime you're hearing the da-da-da-da-da-da, go back. That's Malcolm. He's playing that music. That's the guy from Citizen King. And this biggest song is something that, uh, again, Russ and I have, have said, you, you've probably heard. It's a, a song called Better Days, and I, I swear, this thing, it swarmed the nation uh, for like a whole year. And, was, uh, I think it was actually on Dave Mira for PlayStation easily. as well. I think yeah. it was on that bike the BMX game. Dave the BMX Dave Mira, yeah. Dave Mira yeah. game. So like Russ said, Dave Mira, Matt BMX. Matt Hoffman, one of the two. I don't remember 100%. It was a long time ago. So Dave Mira and Matt Hoffman, those are both you know BMX Kinda racers, bike time. guys. Uh, they did tricks and stuff. But it was one of those games that, that was on EA Sports and stuff like that. And then this song was featured on one of them. And uh, just an awesome track. First of all, it is hooky as hell. It's got a chorus that you just can't stop singing. And uh, also, it's just banging, man. It has just got a groove that you can't even stop. It is phenomenal. And uh, we wouldn't even be uh, a Wisconsin podcast that that claims to know Wisconsin music unless we played this damn track. So here we go. This is Citizen King and this is Better Days. In my shoes, my toes are busted. My kitchen says my bread is molded. I got a good job at the dollar store. And the whole one foot getting people with a broken mirror and a blown out speaker. And I ain't got much else to lose. I'm faded, flat busted, been jaded, I've been dusted. I know that I've seen better days. One foot in the hole, one foot getting deeper. Crank it to 11, blow another speaker and I ain't got, I ain't got much to lose. I've seen better days. I've been a star on many plays. I've seen 
drops out again bro what an Unreal. awesome song malcolm and uh what is the lead singer mount sims or something like that it was his name i can't yeah. remember it's something sims mount sims yeah. it is mount sims right yeah and like just a great song milwaukee wisconsin unreal for that time period yeah and um what a cool song to come out of this area uh and and have that much notoriety and airplay and attention uh these guys were just fucking phenomenal and uh like i said i think they're noted as one of those one hit wonders their other stuff is actually d's I mean, that's what i'm saying pretty good it's just the one that hit the radio this is like, the one off. that hit man it's kind of around that time where len was out like steal yep. my sunshine steal my sunshine you know yeah I mean? like it was kind of in that same region exactly of music that was coming um, out at the time and that's the thing you know you, you got caught up in the in in that sort of range and unfortunately, that's just where it was. And uh, uh, like Russ and I had said, it's uh, uh, an absolute phenomenal album either way. And then, you know, they, they they were making music from like 93 until like 2002. So I know, right. They've been around. Um, they've been around. And not only have they, um, I mean, they've been associated with such you know, artists as like Silver Sun Pickups and Local Natives. Yeah, and, actually, like one of the um, members, Cooley, um, yeah. Dave Cooley, actually produced a lot of these albums, including like the Polyphonic Spree, yeah. uh, Silver Sun Pickups, you yeah. know, like just a lot of these newer bands that are coming out in the indie kind of field. And that's what I'm saying is that like we're, we're talking about a, a you know, a, a set of musicians, a set of individuals that, um, man, they are just so good and so beyond. Uh, that you know this this whole thing this this little song that that boosted them into like fucking phenom 
uh, isn't just the only thing that they made. So please, please do them the respect uh, and go and listen to the rest of their albums. Uh, They're on Spotify. They're on Apple. They're on Amazon Music. Just go get it. Go listen to it. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee they're all just as good as Better Days. Better Days just happen to be the one that uh, really boosted him into fame and stardom. And uh, Russ and I thought, fuck it, let's play it again. We gotta play. Let's this put song. it right it's back great. into your guys' heads. I mean, I heads. still like this song. I don't it's care. It's absolutely amazing. So, Eric, so, let's go right into beer? our brew review. Brew review. And what do you have for us today? Because you have some pretty classic beer, like well, not beers, yeah. but seltzers here. Again, we're going with the gluten-free seltzers. Uh, where did you find these? And uh, can you tell us a little about the brewery here? Yeah. So. City Lights. City Lights is a brewery that huge, we feature. We're huge fans. Huge fans. In the Menominee River Valley. You've we done, love those guys. Uh, you've done uh, yoga there. I oh, think. I have multiple times. I love I love City Lights Brewing. Yeah. And, I and honestly, so, like, everything we've had, like, we really wanted to have them on the show, but they've been really, like, not responsive. It's just to hard, us, to, you know? hard to get everybody And mostly the scheduling is what we've had issues with in the... Coordination stuff is, is really the big key here. But, um, you, you know, the thing is, is that, we we have had these breweries on, and and most most of them are known for brews, beers. Uh, people think beer, and uh, the thing is, is that most of them, or at least a good portion of them, also brew these other things that allow for uh, gluten intolerance or for uh, individuals with like diabetes. They they allow those other things to, uh, you know, encompass too, and and. You know, brewers like City Lights, they make hard seltzers. And not only do they make hard seltzers, they make them well. Um, and to be honest, they're all coming in at about 5% ABV. Some a little five higher than five and a half. Five to five and a half are kind of the range. Yeah. Um, the ones Eric got actually today were the blueberry lemon. We yep. got the dragon flute. I got the dragon flute. Dragon, <laughs> dragon fruit and strawberry. Yeah. And what do you got, Eric? Hibiscus key lime is what I'm going to sip on Which right actually now. sounds pretty phenomenal. Um, and then the hibiscus key lime, they write on there, it's a 5.6% uh, uh, alcohol by volume. Floral notes with... A delightfully tart berry-like flavor, and I'll I'll be honest, it is it is it's all of that. It's it's it. There is a de- delectfully uh, amazing tart slash you know fucking uh, florally flavor. It's it's great. It, you know it's it's great for everyone. It, like these things kind of pair with anything because it's really like a seltzer water with a flavoring. Um, you know, and you got that little bit of like, you still got the alcohol in there where they're probably using a powdered alcohol. I'm guessing. I don't know hundred percent. I'm not sure using. how they do it. Yeah. I'm, I think it's powdered alcohol. It's usually carbonated water with a flavoring with, with powdered alcohol. Yeah. Um, but these ones are incredible. I mean, the cans are awesome. And on top of it, I mean, like Eric has one right now with a huge hibiscus flower and a, a lime on it. There's one with like little blueberry, you got little lemon on there. And it actually looks like, I don't know if that's lavender. It looks like a lavender branch on there. I can't tell 100%. Mine is a dragon fruit, which, if, if has anyone seen a dragon fruit? It's probably the weirdest looking shit you've ever seen. It's like alien fruit. Yeah. It's like white on the inside with black Dragon seeds. fruit's crazy, man. It's crazy looking, dude. And But yeah. like, the, like the drink of the Delicious dragon fruit is coming through very heavy. Eric, are you getting a little bit of hibiscus and lime coming through on yours? I mean, oh, is it uh, flavored very well? Amazing. Uh, so the one thing that I will say... Is the uh, the hibiscus one here? This hibiscus lime, uh, key lime rather, is uh, very floral. You're getting a lot of the hibiscus. Um, the key lime note comes 
at, at the aftertaste. A little lime hint. Very at the, at the last, at the at the back of the tongue, the back of the taste after the swallow. Uh, and I know we're we're not very good at talking about fucking drinking shit. It's mostly we're just trying to give you a reference of some beers yeah. to try, something new from Wisconsin. Um, it is um, right in, in in the tip of the note. You're getting just the hibiscus, and then after you swallow and you really, really, really get it in there, you're like, that might have been key lime. The thing I love about these is that the flavor goes along with the color. So yours is a light pinkish hue. Mm-hmm. Mine is kind of a light purplish reddish hue. The the uh, the blueberry one here, the blueberry lemon, a light blue hue. A lot of these ones that we drink, uh, seltzer-wise, have no color to them. They are just uh, uh, just clear. Just pure seltzer water. Pure seltzer water. Flavoring and alcohol powder. And uh, this one, I just I feel like with that coloring comes the it's it's natural. It 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 feels like I'm drinking exactly the ingredients that were in there that that are posted here uh, in that in in the name of them. So like. Yours being dragon fruit, you're getting that little pinkish hue because dragon fruit does allow for that little pinkish hue. So it's so, it's great. Yeah, and each one has like a little description on it too. It's like mine is the dragon fruit and strawberry. Uh, it's a slayer thirst with a dragon fruit seltzer. It's thorough, thoughtfully yeah. brewed with dried dragon fruit, rose hips, coconut, and dried mango, and then finished with a strawberry extract. Bursting with notes of kiwi, pear, mango, oh. and strawberry, this tea-infused seltzer takes your tongue on a trip to the tropics, which I agree. I mean, you're getting multiple, obviously the, like when they said tea infused too, right? Yeah. For yeah. me, for me, I'm getting more of the dragon fruit up front. You're getting a little bit of strawberry back finish. You're getting a little bit of that in Eric. Can you tell us a little bit about yours? Yeah. That's what's cool with me is that it says it is that tea infused, but the uh, hibiscus key lime is the, the addition of hibiscus flower during the brewing process gives this seltzer a beautifully deep magenta color. Uh, effervescent floral notes and a delightfully tart berry-like flavor on the palate. For a bit of complexity, we've added a touch of natural key lime extract, uh, which paired with hibiscus lends an almost fruit punch-esque quality. So it's berry flipping good. Exactly. And then finishing crisp and dry, this quality craft seltzer will leave you wanting more. Crafted without gluten or artificial sweeteners. And it is. I mean, it's sweet, but there isn't that it, there there isn't that chemically flavored sweetener. And for me, the last one we tried was the blueberry lemon, and this one is the succulent seltzer. Gets its wild floral notes from an infusion of blueberry ruibos tea made with organic blueberries, elderberries, and Eric. Can you read this to me? Because I am fucking retarded. I think it's a six sandra berries. You're, I think you're yeah. You're losing your mind here. Is Where it, are we at here? Is that Shikshandra berries? Yeah, Shisandra berries. Shisandra berries. It's naturally tart, amazingly juicy, and just the right amount of sweet. With a tasty twist of natural lemongrass extract, it's practically made to make your mouth water. So it's not shit Chandra or shit Shartra? I don't know. Okay, we're to just going to go with, with it, shit Shartra. Should we, should we spell it for everybody out there? Yeah, um, go for it, man, because so like, maybe they know better. It's S C H. I S A N D R A Shandra Berry Shandra Berry. It's more German than I'm used to pronouncing. Here, so, so here's what I'll say. Um, they it is so naturally and carefully selected and used with such amazing 
natural product that the, the the things that they're including are giving it that natural color, the natural flavor, and they're so careful to explain that to you that you're not getting some overly produced, some hyped, you know, bullshit product. You're getting this amazing natural thing. And that's the thing that I like the most about, uh, you know, these craft breweries that do these things, uh, city lights in particular, cause city lights even does it with their beers. They tell you exactly what they're using, uh, and exactly how it goes. And for me and Eric, I mean, we pretty, we pretty much have sponsored the Menominee River Valley since we started this podcast with Rock the Green. And, you know, we're obviously huge Brewers fans. River and it will never change the River Keepers. Um, Harley and all Davidson. Those places, like, and even like Third Space, we we love Third Space. I mean, like our friends are there. I mean, we've you wor- know what I mean? We've like, worked with them at least uh, three times. Uh, and then even Broken Bat shit. We've done a... A tour of their uh, their behind the scenes. Let's not talk about that because it didn't turn out very well. But it didn't turn out great. But uh, that was just that was our production level. And 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 here's the thing, you have to remember, uh, Russ and I are are two guys trying to produce this thing together, and that's it. And and as far as uh, you know, the level of uh, certain productions, um, it, it can be spotty. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Sometimes we get a little too drunk. You know, we get. I wouldn't even say that. I would say I would say <laughs> no, the thing we that, do sometimes. I would say the thing that gets us the most is uh is you know the the uh, the outside interference. Uh Oh, that too. Yeah, for sure. Our, I agree with that 100%. Our in-studio appearances are always spot on. We try to make it as as good as we can. Um anything outside of this studio is is what can can get us cuz we don't have It's like lack of control, like police. We don't have a production studio. Sure. We don't have a production uh, uh crew. And uh, although we do have a, a couple of friends that have offered at times to uh, come and assist us with filming and stuff, it's uh, it's tough because schedule wise, uh, not everybody can just drop what they're doing to, to come with Russ and I when we have the time. And Russ has three kids. I have no kids. But I, I travel two dogs. a ton for work. Yeah. Which doesn't help. Russ is always on the road. Uh, my nine to five is is uh daunting and uh it's just tough so enough of the explanations and excuses as far as all that goes this is a great great fucking seltzer i would absolutely suggest all flavors to every single person i know that we had previously done what carbon four yeah, because Carbon Four released quite a few. I actually didn't even know about that till Eric brought it to my attention. Yeah. Like we gotta say something. I mean, right? Like, unreal for someone that's gluten free. You know, there's like the sorghum beers. Yep. But the great thing is the seltzers, which are actually pretty reasonable. They're not that bad. And brewed very similarly. I mean, so, there's, there's definitely some shitty seltzers out there. I'm not gonna lie. Like a lot of knockoff shit. Bud bags. Lights are bad. Let's not talk about Bud Light, dude. Like Bud Light anything with Budweiser in our state, like just get it the f out of here. Um, Miller, I don't think has yet to produce a seltzer. To be honest, I can't remember. I don't but, think they do. But my thing is, you've got plenty of seltzers out on the market at this point. What's your What's your uh, drive to get a craft seltzer? There isn't one. You could go get uh, a White Claw any day of the week, and it'd probably be cheaper than the ones that we're talking about. The ones that we're talking about run anywhere from sixteen to eighteen dollars per twelve pack. That's pretty expensive when in 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 comparison to uh, a white claw or truly or something like that. You get a twelve for like fourteen bucks, exactly. Right? You know, 
So you save a couple dollars by going the other route. But I'm telling you, I think you're going to be really, really satisfied by going with the City Lights uh, route and spending the extra 2 or $3. Uh, because these flavors, um, even the color that you get out of it, is is far superior and, and more delicious. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many logos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's our great segment called the uh, How Many Locals. Wow. Wow. What do that's you got still, today, Eric? That sounded and, extra painful. Yeah, it was painful. You good? I was pushing out some roids. How's your all knee? All right, here we go. My knee is fucked up, actually, yeah, for that car accident. I'm still working it out. Like, <laughs> All right, Eric, just go with the article here. <laughs> all right. So, hey, holy fuck. This one's from West Bend again here. We got a dub B again. West Bend is a fucking shithole, They always huh? have great articles. I, you know what I mean? Like, they just have a really good... They're just a shit fucking town, man. They're willing to cover the funny articles that we need to hear. What's about. up there in West Bend? That's uh, that's that's almost near uh, uh, the the out out uh, the fishing store, the hunting store. Uh, Cabela's? Cabela's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got something up there. All right, so West Bend, intoxicated male slash disorderly conduct slash... Resisting arrest. All great. All pretty standard stuff here. Um, on Monday, June 18th, 7.07 p.m. We're talking about late, late in the night here. He's going for, he's um, going for, what is he going for here? An employee of a local car dealership called regarding a disorderly subject at their dealership. The caller reported that a male at the dealership shopping for a car Okay. The male... He's neg- late at night. He's trying to negotiate a like deal for a car, man. Okay. Uh, the man negotiated with the salesman, then went in, went to his vehicle, drank from a cooler, and returned <laughs> to continue negotiations. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, you know what? I understand this guy's pain because like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when you deal with car salesmen... Sometimes you just want to get You just want to get fucked up before you go in there. Yeah. Like, they come out like fucking seagulls, like just ready to strike. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just no. ready to hit you I hard, you. dude. Okay. Russ, I don't know if you know this, man. I have, I know you were. I was a dealership. I know you were. I was a dealer. You worked at Ford, right? I worked at Toyota and Ford. Okay. Yeah. So, I was a dealer for a second. So, I understand that this guy is just trying to get fucking bombed when he's trying to get in this deal. I just want to know a little deal. about car. Uh, <laughs> how many engines has this got? <laughs> how many seats? <laughs> how many... <laughs> How many windows does it have? Um, how many pedals does it go? Uh, how, how does it? How does her drive? Top. How does her drive? Top. Top off. Speed. How, does, how many tops off does it go? You're like, what the fuck is this, this guy talking? This a wreck, bro. This is apparently where we're going here. Okay, so, let's hear about it. Uh, yeah, so he uh, drank from a fucking cooler and then tried to continue to the negotiations here. The salesman reported that the customer was argumentative and was being disorderly in the dealership. The salesman uh, believed that the man was intoxicated. He he was like, I'm pretty sure this guy's fucked. Uh, a West Bend officer responded and met with the customer. The customer identified himself as 47-year-old male, and he's from Kewaskum. And uh, the officer observed signs that the man was intoxicated. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Not good. Well, the officer was talking with the man. The man passed out and was unconscious. That's never good. So how many do you think there were, like, 
Hey, Chief, let's get you a good deal. Hey, bud. Hey, pal. How many think of those were there was offered? A, there was a lot of pals, a lot of... Chiefs. Let me go talk to my buddy. Let me, let me go talk to the speak guy. speak to the manager. Let me talk, talk to the Jesus manager. Jesus Christ, dude. Just give me a goddamn deal. Yeah. I'm drunk here, bro. That's I just what want I'm saying. to care. That's what I'm saying. Okay. He did a lot of that. Yeah. He said, son of a bitch, I am goddamn fucked here. I'm not a chief. I'm not a bud. I'm not a yeah. pal. I'm not a wild cat. I just want your a car. fucking pal, buddy. I'm not a wildcat. I just want a car. Did you say wildcat? You wildcat, chief. I ain't your big fucking wildcat, buddy. I'm not a big dog. I'm not a big chief. I'm not a cat. I'm not a wild gay. I just want a <laughs> car here. I just want your fucking <laughs> car, buddy. <laughs> so the officers uh, uh, and rescue personnel were actually able to wake the man up. Which is never good. You don't want to be woken up. Pass on the car a lot. That sucks, man. Like I, I could understand this guy's pain though. You know what I mean. And when he finally woke up, he argued and swore at the officers. That's never good. Uh, The officers arrested the man. Uh, As officers were taking the man to into custody, he resisted and kicked the officers. He's drunk. You do not want to beat the shit out of officers when they're arresting you, even if you're drunk. Let me tell you, like have like some kind of filter, like can like like, don't kick officers, don't kick police. That's an additive. That's called uh, resisting. That's called uh, disorderly conduct. That's called a lot of shit. In fact, right here, officers charged the man with disorderly conduct and resisting. Um, no one was injured during the arrest, but this guy was definitely fucked. But Eric, can we admit though, like shopping for a car is probably the most painful experience. Like I don't blame this guy for getting fucked up before he went. I think for some, uh, for me, it's fun for me. It's fun because they don't know I don't, I, that I've done it before that, be I, honest, that I, that I sold the cars before. So they don't know that I know the inside lingo. They don't know that I know the inside deals. They don't know that, um, I have the, the insider knowledge, if you will, uh, uh, of doing the deal and, and and here's the thing I'll reference this really quick this last time that I bought uh, which was just god how long ago only a few weeks ago like maybe four or five months ago uh, tops so we're talking maybe four months ago I went into a dealership and I said uh, hey I got this Ford truck that I'm you know I know exactly what it's worth and I'm and I know exactly what I'm going to do with it and they said, okay, yeah, all right, let right, we'll take one of our guys. He'll take a look at it. What do you want to test drive? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at one of your RAV4s there, brand new RAV4. That's what I'm saying is that I already knew exactly what I was going to do. I already knew the price that my car was worth because the best thing you can do is go on to NADA or Kelly Blue Book and find out the value of your car and find out first the value that it is when you sell it outright. Not to a dealership outright but can you can you be can, can we be like frank here like yeah. on my level like to me like i always told you pawn dealers car salesmen like strippers they're like people you can't trust yeah can we be honest there's there's a delavan dealership called school squiz rhymes with school squiz that we're not going to throw out there are you talking about cunis yes we are yeah i'm so not gonna i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna do- can we be honest that though they they slick back their ass hairs like they're the greasiest the of the grease Cunis is the worst. Cunis country dealerships is, are the worst. I, I'm throwing it out there in this podcast. I don't care what kind of repercussions we get. Oh, I don't get. They're give the a fuck. greasiest car salesman they've ever can, deal with. If I can let anyone know about Cunis, I will. Uh, Cunis is the worst. But here's the thing: you got to go in there and you got to know the value of your car. The value of your car based on uh, selling it to a private party. Don't go anywhere else. Don't. Don't even look up the value as if it was a trade-in. 
look at the value as if it was a private sale. And then the second thing you got to know is the value of the vehicle, the vehicle that you're buying. The thing that you should know is that the vehicle, they have it listed for more than what it's worth. MSRP is what the dealership says it should be sold for. So that is what you're, you're expecting to pay for it. Uh, Pre-COVID, you would pay less than MSRP most of the time. Post-COVID, you pay MSRP. That's it, period. Anybody that tells you that, you know, they got these uh, additional fees or dealer markup, you tell them to go fuck themselves and they can take the dealer markup off and they'll do it. Uh, but you just got to be, you got to be hard about it. You can't fall in love with the car that you're, that you're potentially buying because there'll be another one. Uh, so don't, don't fall in love with that. You have to know that you can say no. And then also ask them for the notes of what they owe it or what they own it for. If you ask them for that, the dealer trade, essentially, uh, the dealer trade paperwork, what, what they would sell it to another dealer for, uh, trading in another vehicle. Uh, that's the other thing you got to do. And can, and can I be honest? Like, I'm just going to say this right now. You're going to get something in the mail. has a little scratch off in a free fucking card. Yeah. Russ thing. has had this a thousand we've, times. We've all won. We've all won the $10,000. I'm going to be honest. Look at the small print it says like, if there's a spelling miss error or whatever, that it's null and void. There's a spelling miss error in the packet. I've looked this Always. over. They're just trying to rape you. Kunis is the worst. They're probably the worst offender in Wisconsin. Yeah. Don't go to Kunis. I'm throwing it out there as a podcast. I own this podcast. Me and Eric own this podcast. I'm throwing it out there as a personal public awareness to you. Yeah. Don't go to this shitbag company. I, I wouldn't either. And, okay, and th thank you. This is Russ and I trying to be as as uh, frank as we can be. Uh, Cunis, no good. Uh, don't go there. Uh, whether There's a or lot not, of other ones. Whether Hesser, or not you want whether, to. Like Hesser... Was the best experience of my life. Toyota, Hesser. Heiser, Toyota. Heiser, uh, Toyota. Heiser, Toyota's great. Hesser, great. Andrew. Jamesville, if you're in the Rock County area. The, the last one I went to was Ziegler uh, in Racine, Toyota. And that's where I got the, the RAV4 that I got now. Um, there's much better dealerships. And also, if you get a vibe, if you get a vibe, please leave. Just, just go. Just go home. Don't If don't you get the hops coming out, just leave. Don't try to deal. Um, the biggest thing is don't try to deal. So let's go back to this guy. I, you know what I mean, though? Like, this is the whole point of the whole thing. Like, we understand this guy's getting drunk and passing on a lot. Right? Yeah. We can all we can all relate. Well, this guy's got prob He's easily got a problem. Uh, he, he's not doing well. Uh, and then he's also thinking, well, I don't really like the car I got, so let's, let's go take well, a look. I'm drunk, I got a we'll couple, take a look. I got a couple, couple two, three in the belly. And, uh, let's you know, take a you look know what's fine what to got. do? Sunday. A Sunday drive through of the lot. That's that's fine. That's encouraged. Go look what they got on a Sunday. They're not there. They're, nobody's working. Don't do this on a Friday or a Saturday, man. They're working, man. And don't call me fucking chief next time I'm in there. Bro. Yeah, also don't call me fucking chief, man. I, I don't like being called chief or pal or bud or... We're not going to be friends after this deal. No. Like, just get the fuck out. I want my yeah. car and I want to get the fuck out of here. That's all I care about. So here's the problem. Okay, so what do we got? This guy came in late on a fucking Monday night. Yep. 7.07 on a Monday. These people are about to leave. These people want to get out of there. I think it, most places close around 9. 47. 
They don't like this. He's 47 years old. He passed out in the lot. He's over a 16. We got to we got to put it out there. Yeah. He passed out. He's over a 16. Oh yeah. So what I mean, what do we got? We got all the we got all the evidence here. We got greasy salesmen. We got fucking car hawks coming out of the fucking top. Just coming on the buy this. Just coming how about, in yeah, how about this used one? This guy passed out in the lot. Um, yeah. I mean, he, got, that, he, got, he honestly probably just got sick of them talking to him about Jesus Christ. This you're used right. fucking Corolla, man. I just want to fucking. I just want to go to work and back, Shit. bro. I don't want a fucking top dog rancher. I just, just want to go man. home, dude. I just want to dodge. I just man. want to dodge. I don't want the rancher edition seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house car. So he probably just really, really was at the at the limit, he's, and it was he's like probably just pissed off. And he's I like, need I to can't suck do some this drinks, anymore. man. I can't deal with this guy. He's just gotta, trying to sell me on the top dog when I just need a basic car. I just got to suck a few drinks, man. And I've been there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've been to this guy's position. I've been we like, all have. at a lot where, like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want to go home. So I guarantee I can I can sit here and say this with pretty pretty good certainty here. This guy's at a 16. I was thinking <clears throat> 18 local. Like, yeah. straight out the bat, 18 local. He passed out into the lot. Yeah. Like, and he's just kind of sick of shit. I'm thinking... 17. 17 if we local, meet in the we're going to call it. Let's just do it. This guy is trying to buy a car at 17 local because that's the, the that's state, the amount the state you need of the world. With this bullshit. The, state, the state of the world that we're in is you got to be at a 17 local you to buy deal a with car. These fucking dickweeds. Sound that gavel. Law and order this mosque. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.